morning. I, I, something that the Lord has been laid on my heart is the fact that we're supposed to be grateful. Thanksgiving's awesome. It's a time where we all say, oh, I'm so thankful for this or so thankful for that. And last week we talked about how so often we live in this time and a season of our life where we become just immune to that gratefulness. We get so to where we take things for granted. In that video last week, I loved it. I wanted to play it again this week just for the kicks and giggles. But I know we get used to one video and we're like, why are we watching this again? We already got the point, right? But in the video, the man took things for granted, and all of a sudden, things started disappearing. I'll tell you what, in that whole video, the one thing that made me cringe was when he was drinking his cup of coffee, and the cup went away, and the coffee went down. Let me tell you right now, if that happened to me, I would be like, Lord, wake me up right now. I don't need this anymore. But the same is true for what he's trying to do to the church today. You see, last week, we talked about the desire to be in the Word, We take it for granted here in the church. We have Bibles in our homes. We have Bibles on our iPads. We have Bibles galore. But how often do we actually open it up and let it speak to us like it needs to be done? God is trying to speak to the church, and if we would just be hungry enough to receive it, can you imagine the transformation that would come through? You see, I'm so grateful that I have the Bible. I can remember hearing stories of of missionaries going to China, giving people Bibles, and they're smelling them, and they're taking the time to memorize it. They're taking time to really just be grateful that God loved them so much that he sent the word into their lives so that they could treasure it and make it more valuable than anything that they have. But it's still something that we struggle with here today. And in the church, even more so, one thing I've noticed is we take things for granted because we're always pursuing after the best, new, and most shiny things. My addiction, let me tell you, it's Apple products. Don't ask me why. They're expensive, and I keep telling my wife, I got to stop. Every time Apple puts out a new Apple Watch, I'm like, honey, can I get the new Apple Watch? And she says, no. You got to wait at least two or three generations before you get it. I said, okay. That's my agreement, so... My Christmas present this year was an Apple Watch. Just because I'm always looking for health things. Don't ask me. I don't know. We're always pursuing after the the new and shiny experiences in life as well. Can I get an agreement? How many of us like to go and watch people and and just enjoy things, just, just waiting for something that'll make us have a little bit of a, I guess we'll call it a Grinch growing Christmas heart ish syndrome, where they start growing and we start beating, getting a little excited? A Grinch, you all ask me later, Tyler, I'll explain it. (laughs) Apparently you've never seen the Grinch movie. At the very end of it, where the heart grows. I know, you're at line and you're watching this, you're probably like, where is he going with this? And trust me, I do have a point and a reason, and I'm snaking through it. But we get so tired of the old events, unless we're treasuring it like a wedding, or, or, or like an anniversary, or like, or like that, that first time that your wife gave you a kiss, and you're like, oh, I treasure that so much. Or your husband. I got to put the, the gender roles out there, Tyler, I'm sorry. But we take for granted the little things, like doing the dishes, laundry, the furnace that runs in the winter. Praise God, the furnace and the boiler are running in this church this morning. 
or the AC in the summer. The little things we take for granted in the daily motions because we just expect them. I was talking to Brother Jim the other, earlier this morning, and he asked me, how's your hand doing? I said, it's going, it's still there. And he says, how is it doing? I said, it's doing good. I said, I can bend my thumb. And he says, well, that's awesome. He says, it's amazing how little things you take for granted. I said, yeah, you don't realize it. I want to play video games, but I tried this week because my wife told me to. And I put my thumbs on the controller, and I tried to bend it, and I'm like, I can't feel it. I can see the actions on the TV, but I can't feel it. And I'm like, this is not what it's supposed to be. I was taking my thumb for granted. But one thing that the Lord has been seeking or speaking to me is that I have to be grateful for everything that I have. I'm grateful I didn't cut my hand off and have a stump there. I'm grateful that I'm still healing and I'll be able to have a lot of the abilities that I once had back at some point. And one thing that I keep thinking about and I keep pursuing after what God is asking of the church today is what do we need to take that, 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 that grandness off of us and start being so grateful for? And this week he said, the church. The church. We need to be grateful for the church. If you'll put the scriptures up, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through, the fle through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience, or conscience, conscience, there we go. And our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast and confess with our hope without wavering for he who promised in faithfulness. Let us consider how to stir up one another with love and good works. Not, not neglecting to meet together as it is habit of some, but encouraging one another with all the, the more as we see the day drawing near. The day is the day that the Lord returns. See, what God was speaking to me this week is that we take for granted the ability to come into the building and to come into one to mine and one fellowship and we come in to worship Him. I know it's easy. Man, I don't want to get up this morning. It's so comfy in my bed and it's so cold outside. Let me just come into a, a burrito moment and just wrap myself up so I don't have to get cold. No, I don't want to come into the church this morning because my kids are loud and I don't want to take the time to get them to get dressed. No, I don't want to get up and drive because it's snowing outside. No, I'm not praying for six feet. My wife is crazy, and, 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 and I'm trying to pray against her. Let me tell you right now, and I'm just praying that the Lord says the faithful, righteous priest of the household is more powerful than her prayers on that one. But what I keep hearing God say is we need to not take for granted the ability to come in to the house of the Lord and to start lifting up his name and start loving on one another and being the body that we're called to be. 
You see, there are various things that the Lord has been speaking to me this week, and that is the most powerful thing, that we are not to forsake the assembly of the body. You see, we live in a time where we will struggle, and COVID made it even more present, even more so for us today. What do I mean? I remember preaching to empty houses, trying to reach people where they were at, and I realized the second that I started preaching, people have the shortest attention span. They want a one-minute gospel. And if they don't get it, they shut it off. Live feeds are great. If you're watching on live feed, like I know Stephanie and Steve Kovach are, because they can't get here because they don't have a car yet. Like we have so many others that are watching in Kentucky. Sister Betty, when you watch us, we miss you, we love you, and we're thankful for you. We have so many people that watch our live stream, but they're not always involved in it. They're not involved in what God is trying to tell us that there's so much more. I'd have to have an army of people texting people constantly through the sermons to engage them, to even get them to fully connect. And COVID made that even more present in the body of believers because it put up barriers all around us. Let me tell you, I believe that God gave us COVID to allow us to have a real understanding that we need to be grateful for the ability to come into his house. I think the enemy is still trying to use COVID to cause a barrier to keep people out of the house, though, too, at the same time. I know that everything, the word says that all things work together for those who believe in him, that they will become good and they will allow us to see his pressure, or his truth coming through. And we have to hold heartily, hold on to that. But COVID made us have barriers in our lives where we were afraid to even talk to people. Let me tell you, when COVID hit, I was at a, what was it? Uh, oh, what is that, what is that store? It's this, El Publix. If you don't know what Publix is, it's a grocery store down in the south. I'm walking around Publix. COVID's starting to hit up. I sneeze so big because I don't have COVID. And everybody, 30 feet away from me all at once. And I looked around at my wife, I said, I don't got COVID. <laughs> and everybody's like, no. But that's what the fear was. The fear was everything that God was trying to make us have a realization as the devil's trying to cause a counteraction within us. And then what happened? COVID put up barriers in the church. Got to be six feet apart. You can't even go to the grocery store without a mask on. You couldn't do this or this or that. And people started being fearful of everything. So what did they do? They quit going to church. They quit conversating with people. They quit doing all these different wonderful things that God had already told the church to hold on to and make it more valuable. They wanted to have the social media interaction with the church instead of a true church. Let me tell you right now, social media, I despise it as much as I can. I hate Facebook, I hate Instagram, I hate it all. Yes, I scroll and I look and I observe, trying to find little pieces of information about the society that we live in, but I despise it because it's got no depth to it. It's got nothing in it. A Twitter account, I can only do 140 uh, characters and then it's done. I have a lot more to say than 140 characters. Just like I hate text messages. Text messages are great because it's short answers, but there are days that a, a conversation face-to-face -face or on the phone has more ability to articulate the exact meanings that we have. But we live in a time right now where we are taking for granted the ability to come into his house, where we find excuses 
to never even venture through the doors, to try to find a, a reason why we shouldn't do what he commanded us to do. I'm so thankful for those that are here, and I'm thankful for if you're watching online. You don't realize the fact that you're participating online, it's phenomenal, and I love you, and I'm going to talk to you guys later, and I'm going to text you and just kind of interact with you guys, but there's a power within it that we have to understand. See, God transformed the body to be what he calls it to be, where he says, do not forsake the gathering of it for a particular purpose. And being that it was Veterans Day, I'm going to put a little military spin on it. I was digging through the basin earlier, and I found my, 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 my military Bible for basic training. And I was looking at it, I was like, man, there's so much that they made me learn on it. But one thing that they made me learn is the fact that in the military, you're as weak as the, the, the weakest individual in the group, but you're as powerful as the whole entire body of the group. Can I say that a little bit more? You're as weak as the weakest person in your, 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 your battalion, your, your, your little group there. But you're as strong as if everybody will pick up the pieces and start lifting each other up. How many of us feel like we're weak sometimes? I'm just going to raise my hand up because I'm just being as real as I can be. There are days that I don't want to come into church, and I'm the pastor. There are days I'm tired. There's days that I'm weary because I have five daughters, and I got to deal with a wife, and I got to deal with all the crazy people in the world because they, you know, they don't drive good on 224. I'm not talking about y'all. You all are perfect. But there are days that I'm worn out, and there are days that I'm like, Lord, I need you. And he says, get into my church. Go talk to your brother and your sister in the church and let them be the things that lift you up. See, we don't realize it, but we all sung that song if we uh, were in Bible, or what is it, VBS or whatever, I'm in the Lord's Army. Come on, who knows the lyrics to that one? I got two, three. Come on, I'm in the Lord's Army. Yes. Come on, you got to do the little, yeah, come on. <laughs> interaction come on guys come on i'm in the they want to hear you louder on the live feed come on <laughs> we're in the lord's army that means we are actually called to be in like the veterans that serve and, and protect us every single day that we have here in the united states the one percent as brother kenny was alluding to we have the power to go even deeper into it if we would relate to it and connect with it but we have to really pursue after the aspect of what God is trying to make us understand and that there has to be a unity within the body. That's why we come together. That's the power that comes into it because it's this unity that allows the body to be meant to be an encouraging body. An encouragement. When I am weak, he'll raise us back up again. When we come into the house of the Lord and we talk about the needs that are going on, that, that we're dealing with. What do we do? We start praying for one another. We start loving on one another. We try to encourage one another to get through it, that God's with them and he's not forsaking them, that he's trying to lift them up. We come into the house not forsaking it with the desire to realize that when we're the weakest in our lives, he's more strong and more mighty to get us through it. Ephesians 4 and 16 says, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, which is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
We're supposed to be a body that comes in here. We need to be the, the, the people of God that want a desire to come in and lift each other up when we're tired, when we're worn out, when we're struggling, when we're discouraged, when, 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 when somebody made fun of you or when your wife and you have gotten in an argument, you go into the house and you talk about the issues and you realize that God's got a greater plan in all of it and we need each other to lift each other up. But the body's also meant for protection. There's something about coming to a church of love that you find something that makes you feel complete. Something that makes you feel like you belong. Something that makes you feel like that you have a wholeness within you. And that's because what we have to realize is we're called to be unified as a body for protection. I truly believe it more and more nowadays that, that we're seeing more and more demonic attacks that we don't even realize are happening. I'm reading this book recently that's called The Gods Have Returned. The, 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 the demonic gods that were in the Old Testament are starting to make their revival back in here today because people are pursuing after the bad gods that, that God said were really existing, but he says, I am the one true God, the only one. Those are just the fallen angels that are trying to act like me. We have these spiritual forces that are battling against our minds, battling against our flesh, battling against our families, battling against our friends and our daily activities. And we need protection. We need the protection, and the protection comes from being in the herd. You ever watch those African safaris where the lions are out on the prowl? What happens? The lion looks for the weakest one and tries to isolate it. So that way it can be devoured. Scripture says that the devil is like a roaring lion with seeking whom he may devour. We need to be together as a body. We need to make sure that we put a dedication in our life to come together every single week, every single time that we're discouraged to get this, this action in us to make us understand that we are still not through our lives yet and we are still trying to not get devoured. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, roar, or prowls like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And if we would understand those tactics that the enemy is trying to do, we would put on that true humility and realize that we don't have it all put together. That we don't have it all put together. That we need each other to get us through. You see, the devil wants to separate you with your doubts. I'm not good enough. God shouldn't love me. God doesn't need me. Oh, I can't do anything right. Why would God use this? You know those simple doubts? Like, like you're looking at your spouse saying, why do you love me? And they're like, I just love you. What, why? I don't know. It's not because I put a ring on you. It's before that. My wife often looks at me and says, honey, why did you marry me? And she hates the response that she gets. But it's like I told her, I said, honey, I didn't marry you because I wanted you. I want you now more than I ever did. But I married you because God spoke it into my heart that you were going to be my wife and I'm going to treasure you and do all the things. I love you because God's put it in my heart. I want you to understand, babe, I love you because of what God's done in my life and what he's done in my life he's doing in your life. How many of us can explain it that way? How many of us can understand that, that I need to lift my wife up when she's doubting that I don't love her and I have to tell her I love you more, more impactful, more mightily because of what God's doing in me? And that makes her understand that God loves her. 
We need to understand that aspect that, that the devil's trying to discourage us because he wants to try to get us trapped up in our sins. But we have freedom through Christ because he said on the cross, it is finished. It's time to start living our lives, but the devil wants to try to remind us of all of our faults and our failures. He wants to get us in our fears. Oh, that one's the fun one, isn't it? The fears. But I love how the Bible says, do not fear. How many times? I think I heard one person said, I went through the Bible and it says 365 times. There it says, do not fear. So therefore, every single day of your life, you're not supposed to fear because that's what the God declares over you. Yes, he declares it. But it doesn't mean the devil won't try to discourage you and get those fears to go up in your life and all those things. And that's why we need to be the body that's conformed and realizing that there might be a devil prowling around us, but he's not going to come in when there's a lot of us around each other. We have to hold on to those, those issues. Better yet, the devil wants to get you isolated with the conflicts that we have with each other in the church. Can I say that again? Just because you're in the building doesn't always make you peachy. What do I mean? There's a lot of church hurt. Words that are said, not in context, that get out and they cause issues and struggles and all this stuff. Other times, it's just people just being mean. Let me tell you, not everybody in the building is always saved all the time. Sister Mitchell, I love you. Not everybody in this building is saved all the time because we all have struggles within us. The devil is working every which way to cause a division within the body, but God's trying to tell us today that we need to become more united together with the endurance that he's called us to have. Because he's got a greater purpose if we would just connect with it. He said, do not forsake the assembly. Do not forsake the unification of the body as we come together on a Sunday, as we come together on a Tuesday prayer time, as we come together in small groups, as we come together in small Bible studies that you might have with each person. If we would just come together with the idea that we want to surrender our lives to him and let him be the Lord of our life and every aspect of us, we would see a whole new revival kick up. But we have to pursue it because the devil wants to try to cause a discouragement. But we also have to truly hold on to the fact that we all have purpose. See, the one thing the devil wants to get you to realize, he wants you to think that you don't have a purpose. But when we come together as the body, we can encourage each other in the purpose. You see, I needed that in my early Christian life. I needed that when I started going, yes, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I need you to shape me. And he sent me to so-and-so. And then they were like, yeah, here, do this. And then I go to the next person. They'd encourage me. Trust me, it's not easy coming into the church that's got a thousand members thinking that you're great and all that because you got saved in one moment. You need people to disciple you. And that's the purpose that God's trying to do within the church. We're supposed to love each other and lift each other up so that we could be the body of Christ that has many parts. As 1 Corinthians 12 says, but we have to understand that we're all working together in different parts and different purposes to complete the vision of God. But we need to come together with the anticipation. I see the time, and I know where I'm at. But we need to come together with an anticipation. What do I mean by that? 
See, God's been wrecking me all week long. We come in here. We, 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 we understand there's an order of service. I got it right here. I know that Amy and Jim were going to sing four songs. I know that there was going to be a prayer time by Brother Kenny with, with an offering and, and understanding of how everything goes through, that I had announcements listed, I have a message listed, and I have an altar always offered on here if we needed it. And then I have the farewell listed. But there's a purpose that we have to understand that's even greater than this. There's a purpose that has to be even greater than this with the anticipation that we're going on to. That's why I always, on every other order of service I've ever listed, it always says service is always subject to change due to the Holy Spirit. Because the anticipation I have when I come into church, it's not just about rubbing shoulders with people. Let me tell you, I love every single one of you, but it's not the purpose that I would rather come into the church for. I'd rather see the body of Christ invite the Spirit of the Holy Spirit coming into it. I'd rather see God come down into the midst as we worship Him. I'd rather see God come down as we anticipate His presence to come down into this place and start changing things and start wrecking lives and start modifying us and and convicting us and getting us to where we could be the representation He needs in this world. We need to understand that the anticipation that God is saying that we need to have is for Him and only Him alone. It's not about just each other, even though we're lifting each other up, but with Him. Exodus 23 and 25 says, You shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and your water, and I will take your sickness away from you. You see, if God will allow us to serve Him, if He will allow us to come into this place with an anticipation that He could do whatever He wants to, Guess what? Whatever he wants to do can happen. I've seen God deliver people from alcohol. I've seen God deliver people from nicotine. I've seen God deliver drugs. I've seen God heal the lame. I've seen God restore sight. I've seen all kinds of crazy things that I didn't understand, but I anticipated it. Because I said, God, whatever it is you want to do, do it as we come together, Lord. Do it so we can praise you and glorify your name as we serve you. Is that what your heart is today? Is that what you've been pursuing after in all of your life? Is it to see him glorified and to see his purpose fulfilled through all of us? Or is it just to come in here and just fulfill that religious checkbox? Is it just to do that? I don't know about you, but I want to understand that what Psalms 128.4 says, where it says, Behold, that those, or thus shall be the man blessed, he who fears the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the acknowledgement, that understanding, that, that reverence, that God is always welcome. That he's able to do it all. But we have to be the people that are pursuing after that with a hunger and a thirst, with everything we have to see him glorified. To welcome him in in this place. If you'll stand with me this morning. You see, we need to be a church that's really pursuing him. Not forsaking the assembly. Always desiring to be wherever he's at, wherever his body is whether it's in a small group, whether it's in a Bible study, whether it's a Sunday service. It's not supposed to be something that we, we, we want to hold back. It's something we're supposed to anticipate with this thirst that God can do whatever he wants. 
It's something that we should desire within us that our heart be that says, I look forward to Sundays and I not dread it. That I desire to be in the church on a Wednesday if I get to go to Bible study to learn about who he is. You see, it's the anticipation, it's not the forsaking. It's the hunger to see the body grow. It's the hunger to see everyone understand that God has a purpose within us. You see, that's the reason that Jesus came into the world. The curtain that it was talking about in the scripture is talking about when Jesus died on the cross, the the curtain and the temple got split, which welcomed us into a relationship with God. It opened up the doors for the whole entire body to have that uh, realization and that recognition and that connection with God. But we have to understand that that's always been what God's heart has been, is to have that, that garden experience with all of us. But it had to happen through Christ. Where he died on the cross for your sins. But that he defeated death, hell, and the grave to give you life. But let me tell you right now, that life was never meant to keep you the same. It was never meant to keep you the exact same. That new life, when you said, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life, I surrender it all, it meant to give you a life where you became part of the body of Christ. The assembly, that hunger, that thing that should beat within us as we pursue after him and all that we are. We have to understand that is the reason we have hope. That is the reason that God is still speaking to us today to give us life and to not take it for granted any longer, but to be grateful that he gave us the breath in our lungs. That's the reason he gave us transportation to get into the building. That's the reason he provides the funds to allow us to meet in this church every single week. That's the reason why we have heat and we're not going around a hot stove because God has blessed us so much. It's the reason that we should not forsake him because he is so good to us. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, if you're online and this is something that you've been dealing with and you feel the Lord is tugging on your spirit this morning and you want to know that you're part of the body of Christ because you need to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you've not known him, if that's you this morning, just raise your hand up. If it's you online, just let us know who you are and we'll pray with you in a little bit. Is there anybody this morning? Okay, somebody online then. I don't know who this is for, but we need to say this prayer this morning for somebody that's going to watch this or hear this message, that they'll understand that we're walking them to the salvation through Christ Jesus by only acknowledging that we are sinners and we need him. And these words have no other power unless it's coming from our heart. So church, if you'll just pray this with me this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So today, Lord, I surrender my life to you to give me a new life, to make me part of your body so that I can be made new and trust you, Lord. Lord, I recognize that you are the Lord of my life, that you died on the cross, and rose from the dead so that I may have that new life. In Jesus' name, amen. See, I want everybody to understand that God's purpose today, this message today, this grateful heart that I'm gonna keep going through as we go through the next few weeks is always about God trying to wake something up within us. 
I don't want to be asleep any longer. I want to be aware of what God is trying to do. And we need to be that same awareness where we say, God, what am I not taking you for all the gratefulness that I need? Not taking you for granted. What am I taking for granted? Awaken it up so that I can be more grateful today. I want to see you guys next week. I want to see you guys as long as the Lord keeps tearing. I want to see everybody coming into the place where we're so thankful for God that it starts oozing it out in every aspect of our lives. That's what transforms everything. So that being said, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this body. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for all that you do. I ask you to touch each and every one of us, Lord, today as we get ready to leave this building, Lord, and let the body leave this building, Lord, and go into the communities. God, let us be what you called us to be, Lord, but let us not take for granted the fact that we get to come into this place, Lord, and we get to love on each other, and we get to encourage each other, Lord, and all that we're dealing with to make our lives stronger, to make our lives mightier, to give us an encouragement, Lord, that we need to get through each and single day, Lord. Lord, touch us all, Lord, and let us be the body, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, I love you all. I will see you either on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday. Go and be the church.